I'm back. Hi, I'm Kyle. Good to see you. Um, I'm real. I really love this Sunday each year. It, it was actually the exact same Sunday last year that my friend Jared Ballinger came. And the thing I love about it is primarily the ministry that he's a part of that I've known about for a long time. But it, it's so exciting for our church to get involved with it. He's going to share all about it. But he is going to be sharing uh, about helping save children from sex slavery. And maybe you're in here today, you're like, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's okay. We're here to tell you about it. We're here to light your heart on fire to be able to help kids that are in that kind of a situation. The other thing I love about this is that Jared's my friend. <laughs> like, it's cool to have your friends come into town and speak at, at Victory Faith. But Jared, uh, I was a youth pastor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Jared was on my youth ministry team. He was one of the communicators that we had speaking every so often, and he was super involved. And, and the thing I do love about Jared is the amount of honor that he has uh, in him. And he, you'll never hear him say a bad word about anyone. Um, he's always honoring of people. And that's a big part of my heart because I lived in a, a life of dishonor for a long time. And I know the value of living in honor now. And, and it, it changes your perspective. And I really appreciate that about you, Jared, even when it's easy to say things that we shouldn't say or think. So appreciate that about you, Jared. Jared's also a blast. Uh, we were also, uh, anytime you do youth ministry with friends, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you have a lot of fun. And so there was one time at a retreat that we put on where we played this game where we used, um, it was it was like the egg, we had an egg carton and it was either a hard-boiled egg or a not hard-boiled egg and we were smashing them on our heads and so we both got eggs all over our heads and like had a blast with that but um, we just have fun and I'm going to share that with you today with Jared so Jared if you would come on up and share what you have with our, our church today that would be great. Well good morning Victory Faith. It's good to see you all this morning. It's an honor to just be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? We know that it's important to gather together in community and spend time with community and be in that. And being in community, we're able to worship together and be in that. So just honored to be here. My name is Jared Ballinger. I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and you guys stole Kyle and Anna from us a few years ago. And, but I'm just so thrilled for what God is doing here in Fort Madison. Um, you just couldn't leave the forts, man. You just go from Fort Wayne to Fort Madison. But hey, you know, God is moving here. I want you to know that. I, I see it. I see it on a weekly basis when I might be speaking in another city, but I get a notification on my phone that says, Victory Faith just went live. And I'll click on it, and I see worship happening or Pastor Kyle, or Pastor, Can uh, Pastor Anna preaching. And I, I see God moving through you, the congregation, but through your pastors as well. So can we just take a moment, and it says in the Word of God to give honor to whom honor is due. Would you guys just honor your pastors here this morning? And we're just so thankful for them. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you and Anna. You truly mean so much to me. Um, I, I had spoken a few times before being in youth ministry, but you and Anna really helped pave a way for me to be able to speak regularly there, and I'm so thankful for that um, because I, I learned a lot in that, and I go back and if I can find any of those messages, look back and go, man, what was I talking about, you know? And so now I feel like I know what I'm talking about, so don't be scared. I think we're, I think we're okay this morning, but... So honored to be here. I just want to share with you for a minute and talk about pastors and how they are God's gift to the church, but also the church, us. We are God's gift to earth, to this, to this world. This world of broken, ashamed, lonely human beings that are children of God, and they just need to be told that they're a child of God. And we have the ability 
We have the authority to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. We have that. that does, do you agree with that? It's been given to us saying, go make disciples of every nation. Tell the world about Jesus. And that's what I love to do. I am happily married. Um, I think my wife might be watching online. But if you want to throw that picture of my family up on the screen, that is my beautiful family right there. Uh, my wife, Lauren, my daughter, Wrigley, and my son, Liam. Uh, Liam is seven, Wrigley is five, and my wife does photography full-time and graphic design as well. And I'm just so honored that God gifted me with such a beautiful family that I can talk about and spend life with and just be able to learn how to be the best follower of Jesus, to be the best husband of, to Lauren, and then also the best father to Liam and Wrigley. That's the number one you put on this earth. Your number one thing to do is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The second most important thing that you can do if you're married is to be the best you can be for your spouse and love your spouse just as much as Jesus loves you. And then we're called to love our children and raise our children. You see, it's like, a, it's like an umbrella, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but I just want to share this with you real quick. It's, it's God, and then the more I follow God and the more my wife follows God, it's like a triangle. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get together. And the closer that we get together, the closer our children get to us. And that's, that's the map right there. That is our number one mission, is to be the best that we can be in teaching our children how to love Jesus, how to get close to Jesus, and to learn from Jesus, and how to read this manual, life manual right here, of how to live my life, how do I love others, what does Jesus say about this, Jesus say about that, and we're, we're being taught that. Amen? So what do I do? Well, I work for Destiny Rescue. And what is Destiny Rescue? If you want to throw that slide up on the screen, Destiny Rescue, we rescue children from sexual exploitation and human trafficking and help them stay free. You see, as a father, and if you're a parent in this room, we would do whatever it takes. I would go to the ends of the earth to protect my son or my daughter. I'd go to the ends of the earth. So why wouldn't we, as the body of Christ, go to the ends of the earth for God's children? Children that are feeling ashamed, they're feeling broken, they have this brokenness feeling to them. Life is a mess, and this goes for any aspect, anybody in life that is not a follower of Jesus. And we all know that even followers, we, we struggle with things, but we come to the Father. We come to Jesus. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name. Amen? Because we, we just sang songs about it, right? Hosanna, majesty, Jesus. Like, that is the name above all names. Hosanna means save us. So we're crying out, Jesus, save us. And there is a broken, we, know, we all know that we live in a very broken world that is in deep, dire need of Jesus. And that's what we get to do at Destiny Rescue is we get to bring hope and freedom to children that are living in the horrible, hellish nightmare of human trafficking. Human trafficking is a $99 billion, if you want to throw that slide up, $99 billion a year is spent on the abuse of human beings. That should break our hearts. 
That's 11, as you see right there on the screen, $11 million every hour is being spent on the abuse of human beings. It is the fastest, largest, growing, illegal enterprise in the world. And right now there is over, if you want to go to the next slide, a million children living that are trapped in this exploitation. But I believe that when the church rises up, kids find freedom, and I want to share with you what Victory Faith has already been a part of in the last 12 months. Because of Victory Faith Church, we are able to help rescue last year to now. We've been able to help rescue three kids a month, meaning 36 kids a year since last June, 36 kids have been helped to freedom because of victory, faith, and the faithfulness of you. So give yourselves a hand. I mean, that, praise God. Praise God. Those are children. Those are children that I've actually met face to face. I was in November. Um, I got to go visit a project, a couple of different projects in Africa and a couple of different countries. And I got to see face-to-face -face and hear, hear their stories and listen to where they came from and how they got trapped into what they were in and got to see freedom happen for some of these girls and boys where they're being told in this, in this mud hut, being told that they don't have to live in that situation any longer. And the pure joy that is on their face because they realize, I don't have to live in this anymore. And so thanks to Victory Faith, 36 kids so far a year. And I believe today, I'm, I'm not here to beg, but I am here to tell you this is a world problem. And I believe as the body of Christ, we are called to do something about it. And I believe that we're going to even go more than that today but it takes the church to rise up so that kids can find freedom. We have put, just to kind of share briefly before I get into the message, what we put into place for these children that decide to join the rescue efforts and decide to be rescued and to decide to go into our care, that we have put a freedom plan in place that is unique to each child that is rescued and we address things such as a safe place, urgent health needs, temporary economic relief, education and or vocational plan, emotional health needs, and spiritual growth. Spiritual growth obviously being a very important part of it. Because we all know as, as followers of Jesus, there is no freedom unless we have freedom in Jesus. So we have the opportunity today to make this freedom plan a reality for young children. When the church rises up, children find freedom. And to this date, Destiny Rescue has rescued over 12,000 individuals. And just in 2022, 3,144 individuals were rescued in 2022. And that's a reason to celebrate. Children that are free and don't have to live in the hellish nightmare of human trafficking ever again. These children met face to face, meeting with a teenage girl who's holding a newborn. And that newborn, being a child birthed out of trafficking, being able to look at her and say, you don't have to live in this, you are free. And the pure joy in knowing that her child doesn't have to live in that situation. These kids are going to bed at night to work instead of sleep. And a bed should be the safest place for a child. So as the body of Christ, we got to do something. We have to say something about it. We have to raise the awareness and say enough's enough. We got we to gotta put, 
We got to walk the walk, right? We got to we got to talk the talk, we got to walk the walk, and if we're truly going to be about making disciples and going out into the world, then we have to go to the least of these. So important. It says in Psalm 82 verses 3 through 4 it says, "Give justice to the poor and the orphan, uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute." Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Trafficking is an evil, demonic enterprise. And last time I checked, we were called in the Bible. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We also have the authority to what? Cast out demons tell the demonic world to flee and we've been given that authority through the name of jesus christ once we use the name jesus darkness must flee it can't darkness cannot live in light so we believe with destiny rescue we work in four by the way we work in 14 countries bringing rescue to those 14 countries. In Nepal, we have 23-plus border stations that female rescue agents are working at the border and able to rescue right on the border. We're rescuing in, in three different countries in Africa. We're also in Southeast Asia. We're in a few different other countries as well. And those over 12,000 are living in freedom because of the church saying enough is enough. And we believe that when our rescue agents go into brothels or go into communities or whatever they may be doing to rescue or at the border, whatever it may be, the, the border of Nepal, whatever it may be, when they step into the darkness, the darkness cannot extinguish the light. And so how can you guys go into dark, the darkness how else do you think we're going to get them? We have to be willing to go into some of the darkest places in the world to bring the people out of the darkness. I can't just stand outside and say, you're welcome to freedom if you would like. No, we have to be the ones that go in and say enough's enough. I'm tired of the enemy stealing God's children because it's not right. Over a million children are living in this and the church can be the prime way to get these kids out of that horrible nightmare. So I want to share today a story out of the Bible and talk about the loneliness, the brokenness, and the ashamed through this story. If you have your Bible, I don't have this for the screens. I wanted to just read it from the Bible. And if you have it, awesome. You have your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it may be, the Bible app, whatever you got, Pastor Kyle. Um, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to go to John chapter 4, verses 6 through 26. And I want you to bear with me while I read this whole passage. And we're going to read about the Samaritan woman at the well. It says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. When then do you, where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? 
Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you were one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. The worship what you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. In that story, the woman had been completely seen by Jesus. And Jesus still chose to ask her for a drink of water. You may be rejected, those of us in this room. You may be rejected by others, but you will never be rejected by the Messiah. Say that again, okay? You may be rejected by others. You may be talked about by others. People will not agree with you but you will never be rejected by the Messiah. Ever. Three things that we must learn from this story. She was lonely. She was living a life of brokenness. And she was ashamed. Just like the over one million children living in the horrible nightmare of human trafficking. Feeling this feeling of brokenness, feeling this loneliness. And for some reason, because they feel like it's their fault at this point, they feel ashamed. And there's only one person, one name that can take all of that away. And it's Jesus. Only Jesus. There's so much power in his name. If there's not, let me ask you this. If there's no power in the name of Jesus, this is a serious question. If there's no power in the name of Jesus, then why is the world trying so hard to stop us from saying the name of Jesus? Because even the enemy knows that there is power and that they must flee in the presence of his name being spoken. There's so much power in his name. So she was lonely, she was broken, and she was ashamed. Maybe where you're sitting this morning, where you're at in your life, you feel those three things broken, lonely, or ashamed. And I want to let you know this morning that Jesus can take that away from you right now. And he will take it away from you right now. All we have to do, even if it's a wheelbarrow, if it's a dump truck of cares, whatever it may be, we have to just 
cast it all on to him. If you're feeling that loneliness, know that Jesus is with you. If you're feeling that brokenness, just know that Jesus can heal you. If you're feeling ashamed, Jesus can give you a feeling of being loved, having hope, and having freedom. So no matter where you're at today, Jesus, just like he showed up for the woman at the well, he will show up for you. Again, just like the woman at the well, Jesus will show up for you. And you might have been praying for the last month, God, I really need him to show up and he's not showing up. He showed up. He's there. Being willing to just breathe and listen to what God has for you, what he's saying to you, just being willing to just be in the moment and knowing the world may be crashing around you, but he's with you in that moment. He's with you right there. So until the Samaritan woman, in the story, until the Samaritan woman was willing to face the darkness, she could not understand his offer of living water. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus as the living water, we can bank on the fact that the well will never run dry. It won't. It's a never-ending flow of living water. And guess what? We can draw from it anytime we want. How do we do that? Right here. This is the book that you can draw from anytime and be spoken to through the words on the page right here. It's so important to understand that we can, we can bank on the fact that the well will never run dry when we put all of our faith and all of our trust in him. Psalm 37, verse 3 through 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The first part, People, people read the, this is, where, this is where people read in that scripture. Psalm 37. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's how we read it. The first line in that scripture, though, says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Then it says, delight yourself in the Lord. But we want to skip the trust in the Lord. We want to skip the dwell in the land. We want to skip the part where we're supposed to feed on his faithfulness, and we want to just delight in the Lord. We're not willing to address the darkness, to address the things that we need to address to be able to dwell in the land. And that's where I feel like a lot of us get it wrong is because we don't want to read the full scripture. We want to pull out the pieces that sound good to us, right? We want to delight ourselves in the Lord because we want all the desires of our heart. It's like, oh man, if I delight myself in the Lord and... Um, he, he, he'll, give me, he'll give me that new car. He'll give me all these new things. And it's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. If that's what your desires are, check your heart. Because my desire, when I, when I trust in the Lord and I do good, and I dwell in the land, and I am feeding on his faithfulness, I want to then delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me the desires of heart. He will bring the people that I've been praying for for years to Jesus. He will bring the people to church. He will bring people to the community. He will bring people in this place that will lift this church up to go forward and keep 
preaching the message. That should be the desires. Don't get me wrong. I love vacations. I love cars. I love doing that stuff. But we got to change our mindset and go, I don't want to say that verse just because I want new cool things. I want to say that verse because I truly have a desire for people to know Jesus. I have a desire, so if I, if I trust in the Lord and I do good and I dwell in the land and I feed on his faithfulness and I delight myself in the Lord, he will set girls and boys free from human trafficking because they are living in a hellish nightmare that I can't even comprehend. That's a desire. Or he will give you the desires of your heart. Maybe your desires today is you want your husband in this room or you want your wife in this room or you want your kids to come back to Jesus or you want your grandparents or your aunt, your uncle, your brother, sister to come to Jesus. If that's your desire, then you must do the first line. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. And then delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Abundant life can only be found in Jesus. In John 10.10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. When we ask ourselves, and I'm, I've asked myself this, and I, I, I would think a lot of you in this room have asked yourself this. Why does so much bad things happen to good people or to children? It says it right there. The enemy comes to steal, to steal, kill, and destroy. And then it says, this is Jesus talking. I have come that they may have life and then they may have it more abundantly. The, ch the childhood of these children have been completely ripped away from them. They don't get to play. They don't get, they don't, they don't get to hang out with friends. They they, they are made to work and work nonstop. They don't know how to be a kid anymore. Imagine an, an eight-year-old child who doesn't know how to be a kid. I met so many kids in Africa that just, the, the emptiness that you could just see as you looked into their eye. Renting their body multiple times a day. And in Africa, we call it survival, where, survival rescue, where there's not brothels, there's no, there's no pimps and owners or anything like that. It's, it's kids that have no hope they feel that they have no hope and they are literally selling themselves to feed their families once every few days. That right there breaks my heart. And it, I think it breaks the body of Christ's heart. It definitely breaks Jesus' heart. If Jesus had to make a list, right, of what was most important to him and list things out. In my opinion, I would say children would be very high on that list. Very high. I mean, Jesus, let the children come on unto me, you know, and uh, having faith like a child. And, like, he adores children. And this evil is trying to rip and steal them away and living a life and ruining their lives of this just horrible nightmare. He knows our desires, right? And also everything that we've done. This goes for the, 
the kids that have no choice or that goes for us who have had multiple choices and we choose to do the wrong thing or we've, we've messed up a lot. We've gotten it wrong. He knows our desires and also everything we have done and yet he still pursues us and loves us. Just like the woman at the well, he knew what he was doing the moment he sat down at that well. She shows up, he already knows what she's lived in. He knows that she is not accepted in her community. He knows all of this already. And he still chose to pursue her by asking her for a drink of water. It didn't matter that Jews were not allowed to talk to Samaritans. It didn't matter about any of that. He wanted to pursue her heart by asking her for a drink of water. Now, mind you, this is the guy that, he doesn't need water. Like, he's, got, he's got it all, right? And he still chose to sit at that well knowing that she would show up and he would change her life. He is not surprised by our evil desires once what we have been through, but rather he seeks to reconcile us to the Father in spite of them. Although the Samaritan woman had been married five times and the man that she was living with now was not her husband, Jesus yet knowing all of that, asked her for a drink. Jesus went to that well and did not intend to leave her where he found her. Just like our rescue agents, when they're going into these dark, dark places where we do go into brothels and Cambodia and the Philippines and different places like that, and, and they're going in, those agents do not intend to leave her where we found her. It's time to rescue. We have to rescue. You say, well, what does, the, what does rescue have to do with Jesus? And the, I'll tell you that this entire book is a rescue story. From front to back, a rescue story. Jesus sent to earth to rescue us. It's time we as the body of Christ realize that we've been rescued to rescue. Realize that there's people in our own communities that need rescued. There's people that we need to go out and rescue. Now, I love when churches like Victory Faith are doing community and global. I like I love, I love that. And the reason I love that is because years and years ago, the church was super focused on global missions. And we changed it. We're like, oh, we need to worry about our own backyard. And we shifted to community missions. Well, the only issue with that is once we shifted, we forgot about global missions and we worked on community. So when you come into a church that, like, like the one that you attend here every Sunday, that is community and global-minded, you're not only making a difference in your backyard, but you're making a difference around the world. And that's what I want to be a part of, is not only am I helping maybe giving food to people or doing jobs at people's homes or helping community members out or whatever it may be, not only am I doing that, but oh, I get to be a part of helping rescue a child or I get to be a part of going out to, on a mission trip, whatever it may be. You're not only community-minded, but you're also globally-minded. And that's what the church is called to be. Not only are we called to be community, but we're also called to be global. Because it says, what does it say? Go out into all the earth and preach the gospel. Jesus didn't intend to leave her where he found her. It says in Colossians 1, 19 through 20, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, 
and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus saw our sin and was willing to shed his blood and endure immense suffering for the sake of our satisfaction and eternal life. That's the rescue story. And every single part, every single one of us is a part of that rescue story. When Jesus shed his blood for you, just like he shed his blood for me. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what you did a year ago. Jesus doesn't care either. All he wants is you. And all you have to do is give it all to him. Trust in the Lord. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Then delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus wants to do something in you today that you've been praying for for a long time. Jesus wants to bring rescue to these girls and these boys that are living in this horrible nightmare. But he wanted Victory Faith to be a part of it today. What does it look like to pick up our cross and follow him? The Samaritan woman's actions proved her conversion. Because what did she do? She left all the stuff that she came to draw from the well with. She ran to town and exalted the name of the Messiah with exaltation. With exaltation, she, she told people about Jesus. She proved her conversion by her actions. She could not wait to share the good news with everyone, which resulted in many Samaritans believing. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life, it will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We come to Christ to be filled, to be forgiven. And the void that is filled by Christ in our life overflows so that we desire to proclaim his excellencies. In 1 Peter it says, but you are, uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We're able to do that through the freedom plan that I talked about. Spiritual growth and economic relief and, and helping these families, you know, while the kids are going through aftercare. And true freedom doesn't stop at the rescue. It continues. Freedom is an everyday thing. I choose when I wake up to live in the freedom that Jesus has given me. These girls and these boys that are being rescued, they choose when they wake up if they want to continue to live in the freedom that has been given to them. We have that opportunity to bring freedom to these kids. Exalting the Messiah throughout all the world, this is one, this, that's just one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. But it also says in Matthew 28, and I've kind of talked about it a little bit, 28, 19, through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even 
to the end of age. If you're feeling lonely right now, rest in that scripture that he is with you always to the end of age, no matter what you've done today, no matter what you've said, no matter what kind of things you've been going through in your own life, he is with you always. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never try to leave you. He is there. We are always maybe you're in a situation where you're always running from God and he never leaves. He keeps that far and he's with you. As you're running that way, he's with you. The moment you turn around, he is there. The moment you say, Jesus, I need you, he's there. You know why I know that? Because when Peter chose to step out of the boat and walk towards Jesus and he started taking the steps and he got scared, he's still quite a ways from Jesus and got scared takes his eyes off Jesus and it says he began to sink. I don't know about you, but if you ever, as a kid, you went to go and you, everybody, don't even lie, y'all tried to walk on water at some point in your own life. And you step off that ladder and you, you don't begin to sink. You instantly sink. But Peter began to sink and he reached out his hand and he's Jesus. And it says, instantly Jesus reached out his hand and pulled Peter up from the water. That's powerful. Pulled him up from the water. And what did he say? Why you got such little faith? Why did you take your eyes off me? And that should teach every single one of us as long as no matter what situation we're going through, what storm you're in right now, maybe you've been hit from every single place that you could have possibly been hit from this year. Jesus is with you. And if you feel like he's far away, I promise you, if you say Jesus, he will instantly be there and instantly pull you out of the darkness and into the light. I am with you always, even to the end of age. Through all of this, Jesus becomes so special to us just as he did to the woman at the well. Just as he does to the girls that I got to meet in one of the countries we work in. and I got to uh, be under this tent with 30, probably around 30, these girls and they're singing about Jesus and what he's done for them when not even two months prior to that they were living in a horrible nightmare not able to get out and one of the songs that they were singing goes I know my God will make a way for me He'll make a way and I will go through. And they singing that in this broken English. And these girls are, they're, they don't live in that darkness anymore. That darkness is no longer on them. It's a part of their story, but it's not who they are. Because it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. And if that is, if that's true, which I'm, everybody in this room believes that this is the true living word of God, correct? This is the true living word of God. So we know it's true. Then we know that any moment that any man becomes a new, he becomes a new creation in Jesus. Any woman, any man, new creation in Jesus. We feel just like the woman at the well, when Jesus still pursues us, we feel seen. And then when we feel seen and we feel that love and we feel that care from Jesus, we got to tell somebody. Just like the woman at the well, we got to tell somebody. Like, Jesus changed my life. Without him, I am nothing. He changed me. He took me out of a sinful life. Do I still make mistakes? Yeah, 
daily. However, I choose to every day keep crawling back to the cross. And that's what we must do as the body of Christ, is to continue to crawl back to the cross so that we can change the world. I can't change the world without the cross. You can't change the world without the cross. This church can't change the community without the cross. And it takes us to pursue Jesus just like he pursues us. Knowing that we are, knowing who we are, and that he knows us, we can live a life to the fullest. Well, everybody, if you, if you don't mind, just playing along with me for a minute, would you just close your eyes? Close your eyes and picture yourself being in the throne room once arriving after your life. And as you stand there and trying to plead a case of, I tried and, and God, please, I, I, I know I made some mistakes and I, I know I did this and I know I did that and I know I said that about whoever or whatever it may be. You're trying to plead a case. He just, he stops you. Truly picture yourself in this throne room talking to Jesus. He stops you and he says to you, I know you, I knew you, I saw you, I saw your efforts, and I love you. Just sit in that in a mo for a moment. Did you trust in the Lord? Did you feed on his faithfulness? Did you dwell in the land? Did you do good? Did you delight yourself in the Lord? He knows you. He knew you. He sees you. He loves you. He's proud of you. Live in that in this moment. You may open your eyes. Over 12,000 have been rescued. But there's over 1 million still waiting. We can be a part of the change to rescue these kids. What can you do today that will rescue a child just like Jesus rescued the woman at the well? He's rescued us so that we can rescue. And I want to invite you in that moment of starting the rescue in just a minute, but another moment of, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this room and you've been feeling that you're, you're the one that's feeling lonely. You're the one that's feeling pretty broken right now. You feel like it's hard to breathe. You feel like you have the entire world pressuring you and it's on your shoulders and you feel like you can't take another step. Jesus wants to rescue you this morning. He wants to heal you this morning. He loves you, he sees you, and he cares for you. Maybe you're in this room and you're thinking, I, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never asked him into my heart. I've never, I've never walked with him. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? No eyes, no eyes open in this room. Like, out of respect, let's, let's be with our brothers and sisters that want to give their life to Jesus this morning. I see that hand. 
as affirmation with the person that has their hand up, would we all say this together? Say, dear Jesus. Again, let's say, dear Jesus, we come to you with our arms open wide and our minds open. We want you. We invite you into our hearts. We believe that you are Lord. We believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. I love you. And I know you love me. Amen. If that was you that that prayed that, I know the team here would love to talk to you. They would love to walk with you in that. I know that there's a couple at the prayer uh, banner in the back. They would love to pray with you as well. Also, if you're that person that's feeling lonely and ashamed, and maybe you are walking with the Lord, but you're feeling that darkness, he sees you, he loves you, and I want to pray with you. So it's not a salvation call right now. It's just for God to just intervene in your situations right near as the body of Christ coming together to pray this. So Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for the ones in this room right now that are feeling that loneliness, feeling that brokenness, feeling ashamed. God, I ask that you would intervene in their situation right now. Touch their bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Give them strength. Walk with them. Show them that they are loved and show them that they are cared for. Show them that they have a purpose. Show them that you have called them and all that they need to do is maybe just crawl back to the cross and understand that they were supposed to pick up the cross and walk with you, God. We thank you for that. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for what you've done in this community, what you're continuing to do. I pray for Victory Faith right now, God, that you would just flow through this place, flow through this community, and just show up in big, massive ways for your people. Show up for your children. We believe that. We thank you. We love you. And it's in your mighty, precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. Pastor Kyle. Thank you, Jared. I just want to share with you just right now uh, something that I shared with our dream team today uh, before the service, and that's we are here to make a difference. And I said to them, we are spiritual contributors. We are not uh, spiritual consumers. We don't come to watch church. We are the church. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And I believe that that's the perfect thing to be able to say right now to all of us. Uh, I want to leave Jared when he goes back home today with a gift to be able to help save one child. It's it's quite the expensive project that they do. And uh, we can make a difference. And we have made a difference over the last year. It costs $1,500 to help save one child in sex trafficking. And I believe that we could do that today to save one child. And what I would ask you to do is begin to pray right now about what that would be. Um, I'm not saying everybody give this certain amount. God asks us to give what we're able to give. And God wants us to do that. And, And if he speaks to you directly about what that is, please do that. But I believe that we can do that and that we have an opportunity to do that today. And one of the cool stories, the things I love about the woman at the well is Jesus actually, if you look at the map and where he was heading and where he actually went, he went out of his way to be able to go to that place that day to be with her. And this is what it is for us too. When we do ministry, when we do ministry and help people, we have to go out of our way to do it. And so I ask you to take the opportunity to do that today. Would you guys stand up with me? We are going to go into a time of worship. Spend this time uh, getting outside of your comfort zone, worshiping God with all that you have. Ask him to come into your life. Pray about what it is you might be able to give today.
guys are leaving today, as you're prayerfully considering your gift to Destiny Rescue, I just pray that you would only give what he asked you to give. Listen to him specifically. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Develop that relationship with God where he speaks to you. You listen. You, you, you do what he only what he asks you to do. You don't have to, above and beyond is a myth. You just do what he asks you to do. And that's obedience to him. And as you do that, um, I would love for you, when you do that, practically speaking, if you're online, give to uh, our Legacy General Fund, and we will give whatever that is to Destiny Rescue. Jared doesn't go home with any of it. Uh, it's going to us, and we're just going to write him a check, and it's going to be simple for him to go home with it. Um, and as you're leaving today, I believe there will be more worship. If you want to stay and dig into your relationship with the Holy Spirit right now, you can stay and experience that. But we'll be out in the lobby and you can talk with Jared and get to know him too. Have a great time, guys.